Morning. All right. I'm going to do an experiment today. Hopefully, folks in the back can hear me. Hopefully, I don't let you down. Our New Testament lesson comes from the letter to the Colossians. First chapter, verses 11 through 21. Reads on thus wise. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power so that you may have all endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven by making peace through the blood of the cross. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Won't you pray with me? Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing, Lord, you call for songs of loudest praise. So teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above, Lord, here's your mount. I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. And so God of grace and God of glory, speak now a word to your people, a word that will comfort and correct a word that will challenge us and send us out to do your will and to follow you. It's in Christ's name that we do pray. Amen. It could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. I'll never forget the day I heard those words. It was in the parking lot of the local grocery store, and I had successfully convinced my mother to let me stay in the car all by myself. Because at nine years old, who really wants to follow their mom around the grocery store knowing you can't convince her to buy you any extra snacks anyway? <laughs> so it was a strategic move, really, because it meant that I'd get to be left all alone in the car with my mother's vast CD collection. And so as I sat there in the car by myself, I opened the CD organizer that she had stashed between the seat and the console and flipped through the sleeves filled with musical genius. 
I flipped past Whitney Houston and Kirk Franklin, past Aretha and Smokey Robinson. There was even a Dolly Parton record in there. And as I was flipping, an orange-brown image of a woman with deep eyes and full cheeks arrested my attention. The title of the album made me slip it from its sleeve and slide it into the CD player. And before long, I heard the sultry voice of Miss Lauren Hill wrap around those words that have been stuck in the back of my mind since that day in my mother's Ford Windstar minivan. There in the parking lot of that grocery store, it could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. Now to be sure, even at nine years old, I knew that what Miss Lauren Hill was singing about had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. What she was singing about in between the beat dropping and the soaring harmonies that gave the chorus its hook was a painstaking outline of the trying, torturous, tempting, and indeed testing times we each go through at the end of a relationship, especially when one person hasn't lived up to the shared expectations of partnership. Miss Lauren Hill was singing about a breakup. It could all be so simple. But you'd rather make it hard. Loving you is like a battle, and we both end up with scars. Lauren wasn't singing about Jesus Christ, but on this day that we pause to celebrate the reign of Christ, her words ring out in my mind loudly. Because when it comes to how we respond to the fact of Christ in our lives, when it comes to the faith we profess to have in Jesus the Christ, when it comes to who we say Jesus is and the difference we claim Jesus makes in our lives, I hear the voice of Lauren Hill ringing out through this sanctuary. It could all be so simple, but we'd rather make it hard. We make it hard. We make it hard because we are human. We make it hard because we don't always fully grasp the full sovereignty and dominion of God over our lives, over the church, and indeed this world and the cosmos. We make it hard because we are human and we are constricted by our need to make things make sense. And so we talk about Christ in the only way we can through human language that is always too finite, too fickle, too fragile for it to ever truly grasp all the strength, all the endurance, all the patience, and all the glory that is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. We talk about the reign of Christ as a king because monarchy is the best way we've come up to describe absolute power. It's the best way that we've come up to describe the power of God in Christ, but Christ's power is so much more than that. It really is more absolute than any monarchy could ever be. It's so much more just, so much more loving. It has so much more impact. It lasts much longer than any human system or power ever could. It could all be so simple, but we're human. So we'd rather make it hard on ourselves. And we fasten on to Christ all the things we want Christ to be. 
all the ways we want Christ to act and all the things we want Christ to believe and all the people we'd prefer Christ not love and not pay attention to. It really could all be so simple, but too often and too easily we give into the temptation to turn Christ into some distant ideologue or to some otherworldly mystic. We turn Christ into a simplistic sacrifice while ignoring the impact of his life and ministry, or we turn Christ into a literary character and forsake the fact that he is the very word of God in flesh. So beloved. We've each got some work to do. We've got work to do if we are to recover and remember why we believe Christ reigns. Why we believe Christ rules and what difference it makes for those of us who claim to follow after Christ each day of our lives. We must begin by setting an accurate picture of the Christ we claim reigns in this world. That's why this letter to the church at Colossae that is attributed to Paul is the perfect text to help reorient us to the reign of Christ in our lives. For when the pen is put to paper in this letter, there is a crisis afoot, a crisis of belief. Really, really it's a crisis of misordered faith. This letter is trying to help the good church-going folk at Colossae remember the truth of who Christ is and not the Christ they've created after their own desires. This letter is sent as a reminder that it is through Christ alone that God decided to reconcile this world to themselves. That in Christ, love put on human flesh. That in Christ, as Paul wrote to the church folks at Philippi, though he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, assuming human likeness and being found in the appearance as a human, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Why do we pause this day to celebrate the reign of Christ? We pause to celebrate the reign of Christ first because Christ decided to be with us. After all, that's that's where we are heading as believers. As this liturgical year comes to an end and another dawns, that's where we're heading. When you come to this sanctuary next week, the scene will have shifted, the colors will have changed, and we'll be patiently making our march toward the manger. That's where we are heading, heading to get a glimpse of God wrapped in flesh, God that will heal and teach and feed, God that will lead and love and challenge, God that will be strung up high and stretched out wide on a cross and who will be crucified. But before we get there, we march toward the manger, and at that manger we see a helpless, hungry and swaddled baby that is utterly vulnerable to all the world around him. We've got to reorient ourselves to the reign of Christ because 
Christ comes into this world not as a fully formed adult, not as a conquering hero, not as a presiding prelate. He even doesn't come as a Presbyterian, believe it or not. But Jesus begins his ministry on earth as a helpless child and ends it as a crucified criminal so that we might see in his life the way that God's divinity always meets up with the crises of our human reality and is not overcome. We pause this day to celebrate the reign of Christ because when Christ reigns, he reigns with the full knowledge of our deepest conditions. When Christ reigns, He reigns with the full knowledge of how hard it is when our bodies are touched by illness and healing feels far off. For he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. When Christ reigns, he reigns with the full understanding of what it means to love someone that death has snatched. For when he was told that Lazarus was dead, Jesus wept. And the crowd confessed, see how he loved him. When Christ reigns, he reigns as one who knows what it's like to endure oppression and political violence. For as he told the disciples, when you hear wars and insurrections, when nations rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom, when you hear reports of great earthquakes and in various places, famines, do not be terrified. Why do we pause, beloved? to celebrate the reign of Christ. Because I believe the old words of that hymn of the church is still true. Jesus knows all about our troubles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No one could love quite like him. No one could heal quite like him. No one could save quite like him. And no one reigns quite like Jesus the Christ. It's really rather simple, even though we try to make it hard. We celebrate the reign of Christ because Christ decided to be with us. And in being with us, he reigns over us with an intimacy that assures that whatever the problem, whatever the pain, whatever the sickness, whatever the mistake, whatever the failure, Christ knows and is able and willing to make it well to the glory of God alone. That's really the second reason we must reorient ourselves to the reign of Christ over our lives and indeed the entire cosmos. It's because through Christ, we find everything we need to make it. This letter, this letter to the church at Colossae is helpful to us at Idlewild because it outlines what you and I are graced with when Christ reigns in our lives. Hear those first few verses of our scripture reading again. May you be made strong, with all the strength that comes from his glorious power so that you may have all endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 
It could all be so simple. We don't have to make it hard. When we face the vicissitudes of life, we ought to know that we are not going at it alone. Through grace, we have been made strong with all the strength that comes from Christ's glorious power. Not from the machinations of human powers and systems. Not from the accumulation and leveraging of wealth. Not from the influence and prestige of our online personas. Not from the alignment and the realignment of political power, but we are made strong through Christ's glorious power alone. And not only that, we are reminded that in our daily walk with Christ, we have all endurance. All endurance. All endurance means that through the power of Christ, you and I are graced with every kind of endurance that we could ever need, physical endurance to persevere when our bodies reach their limits, mental endurance to keep our minds when what we face threatens to shatter our mental resources, spiritual endurance to run the race of faith before us with joy, all endurance. Beloved, we've got to reorient ourselves to the reign of Christ in our lives because it's through Christ's reign that we are graced with all strength, all endurance, all patience. It's because Christ reigns that we have been made inheritors of that grace that we can never earn or deserve, that grace that sustains, that grace that gives life that grace that even forgives our sins. That is why we celebrate the reign of Christ, because with Christ we are giving everything that we need to make it. Don't ever, don't ever confuse the efficacy of your own power with the fact that it is God in Christ alone who is at work holding your life and this world together. It really is rather simple. Even if it's hard to grasp, Christ is all we could ever imagine and hope for and more. Christ is everything, the first and the last, the visible and the invisible, the beginning and the end in all things, Christ, through all things, Christ, before all things, Christ, after all things, Christ is everything really is quite simple for us those of us who follow after that wandering rabbi Christ is everything even as we make it difficult by clouding out our view of him with all the other things that compete for our time our love our loyalty our attention our hope even our faith Christ is everything and when we recognize our own belovedness as we stand before him, when we accept the liberating truth that we will know power ourselves, but the power that he works within us, we will engage in this world with the confidence that because he is all and in all and through all, 
No matter how it looks, God will be glorified. It could all be so simple, but we'd rather make it hard. You know who always tends to complicate things and and make things hard? Preachers. We have a tendency to make simple things hard. Because let me let you in on a little secret. We think that if we can string the right words together in just the right way, the sermon will do what God alone can do, which is bring about the transformation our souls so desperately need. And plus, we think that if we can fix it up just the right way, we'll lessen the risk of flunking in the pulpit. And let me tell you, flunking in the pulpit is something every preacher is terrified of. It was on a Saturday night a few years ago when that terror started coming for me. Sunday morning was looming too close for comfort for a preacher who didn't have a word to say or a sermon ready. And I found myself sitting at my grandmother's dining room table. I was there simply because I was procrastinating and I was avoiding trying to write a message for the next day. And so I decided to constrict my grandmother as an accomplice in my procrastination project. And she was only too happy to agree. So there we sat at her dining room table where I had worked on math problems and had learned the history of my people at that big oak dining room table where I was made to memorize the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm. There I sat at that big old oak dining room table playing Scrabble. And my grandmother was beating me mercilessly. See, my grandmother was a retired librarian And because she was the granddaughter of a former slave, education was everything to her. She worked her way from the tobacco fields of North Carolina to a degree in education from the North Carolina Central University and a master's degree in library sciences. She put two children through school with the help of her husband and even saw one through the brutality of the Vietnam War. And there at that table, My grandmother, that retired librarian, nearly 100 points ahead of me in Scrabble, with no signs of letting up, mind you, was assisting me in my procrastination project as Sunday grew closer and my sermon seemed to slip farther away. And because she was beating me so mercilessly, I was of no concern about the sermon or what was going to be written. I was just really trying to preserve what dignity I had left and to lose with some modicum of pride. And so in an attempt to distract her, I began to engage her in conversation. And I said to her, Grandma, I really don't know what to preach tomorrow. I can't make heads or tails of this text. I don't know where to start. And my dear grandmother... That retired librarian who made her way from North Carolina to New York, that retired librarian who, the, grand, the daughter of a former slave, said to me while playing a triple word score, just preach Christ glorified and don't worry about anything else. Just preach Christ glorified and don't worry 
about anything else. And right there, that game ended and my sermon began. Just preach Christ glorified and don't worry about anything else that ought to be for us the end of any confusion, the end of any doubt, the end of any worrying and wrestling about if and how it's going to work out that ought to be the beginning of the sermons we preach with our very lives. We ought to preach Christ glorified in the way that we love ourselves and how we love one another. We ought to preach Christ glorified in the way that we are an Idlewild family and how we witness to the city of Memphis from the heart of Midtown. We ought to preach Christ glorified in how we hope and how we pray, how we grieve and how we respond to loss. Just preach Christ glorified. Don't worry about anything else. My grandmother sounded like those great reformers of the faith who lifted the five solas, sola scriptura, sola gratia, sola fide, solus Christus, soli Deo gloria, to the glory of God alone. Because at the end of the day, All of our living and laboring, all of our organizing and praying, our joy, our laughter, our lament, every part of our little lives ought to be to the glory of God alone. Beloved, it really is that simple. Please, please don't make it hard. Our lives are in need of the simple promise that Christ reigns that Christ reigns fully aware of what we need and fully capable of equipping us with the resources to handle what seems impossible. Really is that simple. Let's not make it hard. All power and honor, dominion and glory be to God alone. Amen.